Look out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, welcome tonight, everyone. Oh, yes. Welcome it's, to the after party. It's episode 17. This is it. <laughs> 17. We're, and we're back where the we big started. Ending. You know what? It's a little dark in here, oh, I feel like. Look, I'm going to turn the lights up. <laughs> we're in such a small space now. You, do, you don't have to do anything. I do. Oh, it's a hall. It's in the hall. It's the hall light. Yeah. That didn't help at all. <laughs> it's all right. It's very ambient. There we go. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, yeah. Oh, How so we're you? back where we started. We started after party in this space. We started after party in this room. And so I walked then into Then we the... switched to that wall. That's right. That's right. Then we went down to the sanctuary. And we mostly had our home in the sanctuary. It's true. And what I was calling the studio sanctuary. Yeah. But now we're building we a have, studio. That's right. We're we're both we both like our sanctuary has returned to its its calling. Its original so use. Exactly. So hello, Etta. How are you? Um, <laughs> yes, we we the sanctuary is back to our sanctuary because we yes. did church on Sunday. We did church. Are we we're talking about that later? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. We did church on Sunday, so the sanctuary is back to being a sanctuary. Yeah. The cameras for the sanctuary. Yes. Are all now in the sanctuary. They're again. in their place, yeah. right? So we're back to using our webcams. Right. <laughs> we're back That's to like we square one <laughs> production values back to day one. Right. right. Just before we started, I said, make sure you turn this backlight on. Make us look good. It's true. <laughs> I was like, we're not doing this. <laughs> it doesn't not... look professional. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but this is, a, I mean, it's kind of a big moment. We have a lot of things to talk about, but I think the first thing that we should talk about is the fact that you're wearing flip flops on your feet. I am wearing flip flops today. <laughs> I don't want to see them. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see it. But there's I my flip flops. There is a reason. I we sort of make fun of. Flip there's flops also the reason here. I'm wearing my flip flops. I broke my toe yesterday. Yeah. It was no, just yesterday. Two days ago. Okay, two days. Two days ago. Yeah. So last week I cut <laughs> off the tip of my finger. Okay. Which is healed quite we well. We really could. It took about <laughs> 72 hours to get it to stop bleeding. You were on a roll. You're. Yeah. yeah we're. But you're once on a it bit stopped bleeding, it was. It healed. Yeah. All right. Like I, I have a, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a flat part on my right. finger. And this was gone. a kitchen incident. This was a kitchen incident. Right. This one was working here in my office and I dropped a drill on my toe <laughs> and broke my toe. But you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. If it's taped to your other toe. Yeah. Like I have it right now. Anyone want to see it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> if you tape your toe to your other toe, like it, it doesn't hurt that much. It's right. like keeping it stable. Okay, okay. And that was the tip I got from, um, Scott Wall's wife, Darlene, oh, yeah. who's a nurse. And she, she said, tape it to the other toe, elevate it, ice it. Yeah. We're all good. But the yeah. problem is I can't put on, I can't put on shoes Normal yet. Normal shoes, right. Yeah. I can walk. I can move. Right. I can do my, my job involves sitting at a computer <laughs> and typing normally. So. But I mean, speaking of sitting at a computer and typing normally, you are, you are currently without a, da a, a desk. I am officeless office. right now. Yeah. So no wonder you're sort of mm -hmm. listless and. Accident True. prone, your normal so landing space. My office is being there. split in two. We're cutting yeah. it in two and we're creating a new YouTube studio. Yeah. We're giving you for a the less, after party, basically. <laughs> yeah, we're giving me less space. <laughs> and we're creating a, a new office that we're going to use for the after party. Um, right. Now, we're, this is our last after party for a bit. We're going to yeah. take a bit of a break. Yeah. We've made it all the way from the beginning of COVID till now. We've made it all the way, not even really deciding what this thing was. No. <laughs> We still don't even know. What I it is. know. I have some thoughts, but yeah. <laughs> Bobby has thoughts, and I show up and talk about whatever she asked me about. I know, but uh, uh, but we are going to take a couple weeks off here. Yeah. We're going to regroup over a the couple, summer. Yeah. This was season one. Season yeah. one went um, seventeen right. weeks. Oh, what happened there? No. There we go. Still there. Uh, season one went seventeen weeks. We're going to take a break, but we are going to bring this back. We think it's fun. Yeah. And we think it's a, a, an interesting way to engage with ideas from the weekend. But we're building, we cut my office in half, yeah. we're building a studio. We're right. going to use that for the after party and for a number of other um, like on ten, yeah. online content creation right. ideas that we yes, have. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I so. think it'd be fun to like rotate these chairs a little bit too. What we have the new new chairs. Yeah. Can you hear it? I don't know if you can hear it, but these are really squeaky chairs. <laughs> I know. I'm ready to throw them in the dumpster. Yeah, they, they make. <laughs> also, I'm always sitting here like this. I feel like a troll. Like I don't, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like my troll. I already have. you ever have... seen Trolls World Tour? No. My I, son wants to watch it so badly. It's a new movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't watched it yet, but. Like, is this the Trolls that had something to do with Justin Timberlake? I don't know. I don't know what it's about, that actually. Was a while it's ago. Trolls and they have colorful hair and it's Oh, really like spiky. the dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you should let them watch. Yeah. It. Also, 
Uh, I have switched back to drinking macchiatos. I mean, for a as day. Of yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay, last night, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I used to drink macchiatos, which is equal parts espresso okay. and steam milk. Yeah. And then I got into drinking like flat whites and traditional cappuccinos. Yeah. And then the other day, these little cups were on the counter and I made myself a macchiato. Right. And I was like, it's so, it's really like good. the balance is so nice. But I have to ask you, uh, were you like on Sunday, we we had our first service back. Or oh, you were talking about Yeah, we're like, okay, but no, so. no, no. But like <laughs> we were offering coffee, but we had our espresso it's bar true. closed. Like that's the first time, true. right? That we've had a service without mm. that. I think it is the first time at Commons. Okay. How did you like look like, towards the espresso machine? Was yeah. literally like the first, the first thing, thing I budgeted <laughs> when I planted a church. I was like, okay, I need to plant a church. I need to, right. I need to have some kind of salary and a place to meet. And I need an espresso I need bar. A really great espresso. Yeah, machine. that's the secret behind Commons. But I mean, church. it was, it was a bit strange to not have that lineup, to not have that like sort of energy yeah. at the coffee break. That did like you see fancy the comment coffee that energy. Kevin put in Slack on no. Sunday morning. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey, guys, when you get to church, it's probably good if you don't make yourself an espresso because we're not going to be able to serve that for guests. And I was like, Who's you can just say who you're talking Jeremy to. Jeremy <laughs> You don't have to say, hey, guys. You can just be like, hey, Jeremy, don't be a jerk and make yourself an espresso. Because we all knew that's what he was Kevin talking about. Kevin always knows what's up. He always Everyone knows. on staff knew exactly who he was talking to. So I was like, listen, you make it, you make it more offensive by not naming Kevin, me. are you listening? <laughs> Nick, call him out. It's more offensive that you like subtweet me uh, on Slack <laughs> than just name it. So, uh, it's oh, funny. Well. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're not having espresso together. In All right. Laura says, time. okay, Jeremy, as an accident prone person, I have a right to say this, but be careful. I've had a lot of injuries lately. My son was counting the cuts on yeah, my I fingers because I had a bunch of slices yeah. with exact I think you need a He's vacation. like, you get a lot of owies, dad. Let's talk about the plans that you have for your summer. I have a plan for you for your summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a plan for Bobby's summer. She's moving into a new house. <laughs> That's true, but that you have Should nothing just, to do with it. Distract the conversation towards that. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I, one day I was like, oh, I think like this is a tricky summer for everybody it is, it to is. figure out like what is vacation, what does rest look like? I yeah. think that's a really tricky thing. Totally. But knowing how you love to work, I mean, we all love to work, but I was like, maybe Jared, I don't know why I was thinking about this because we're buddies. <laughs> but I was like, Jared needs a project. And then I thought, oh my gosh, it would be so great if Jeremy built a pizza oven, like an outdoor <laughs> pizza oven, and you get so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's great and I like cannot wait for the update because my wife is always concerned about I me mean, not having enough projects outside of work or friends outside of work or no. like a life outside of work know, right? <laughs> and then when people who I work with start talking about it too then I'm like oh hold <laughs> on know. easy now all right no it's what it means to be in relationships <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like <laughs> so. but I think like let's all start sending Jared pictures of outdoor pizza ovens outdoor pizza. And I, I really like making pizza this is, I was thinking I of you and I, I know and I, I've been working really hard on my cast iron Pan pizza, right? A, a pizza <laughs> oven would be fun. I am so excited about this <laughs> idea for you. <laughs> but, I mean, my son I'm uses so the backyard. Excited. I don't want to take. Um, I want to take part of his space to make pizzas. <laughs> uh, Ashley, stop asking. Yeah. Is there an owie correlation to your cocktail obsession? <laughs> There's not. But when you have an owie, a yeah. good constellation is a cocktail. I made a new cocktail. <laughs> it's called a bare knuckle boxer. Okay. I don't remember the exact recipe, but it was white rum. Uh, vodka, lemon, and it might have been Lille Blanc. I can't remember, but it was it was interesting. <laughs> it was kind of like a sidecar, okay. but rum instead of brandy. Here's the deal, though. Okay. You've never made me a cocktail, and uh, <laughs> today I gave Scott a ride home, and he gave me a beer. So you know who my favorite is, Scott. Scott's my favorite. Change anything. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about reopen. Okay. It was a it, that was a, was a big, big experience, I think. I, yeah, and sixteen it, weeks. Sixteen weeks. This is. It's a really interesting marker. It it's is. like a chapter divider. Like I don't know if we realize. I think I'm just starting to wake up to like, hmm. oh, now that this we we mark this chapter. Yeah. Again, we may have a time when we have to like sure. lock down again, and we are only live streaming but i'm 
so curious about like marking this chapter mm -hmm. for us as a community, what it felt like for you and for the team and maybe, you know, anything we're sort of hearing from people. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a, what was your, your language? It's not just reopen where it's like moving. What was your language moving towards reopening? Our yeah, first I mean, steps I, yeah, towards... I, I think that's the language we've used at Commons is sort of these are our well, first steps toward reopening. Like, I, I mean, love the language, knew... but I felt like I was like, oh, I missed some of those words. No, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I think we all knew that first Sunday was not yes, going to be a return right. to normal. Yeah. And normal is a long ways off and that's fine. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, we're beginning to move in that direction again. I mean, we, yeah. we had to move towards online and we figured that out a little bit. Now we're in this season probably... You know, let's be honest for the rest of the summer of trying to oh, figure wow. out what church looks like in this new pattern. And I mean, on Sunday, let's say uh, four or 500 people watched online and 100 people were here in service. So um, it was great. It was beautiful to see people. It was fun to be in the room with mm -hmm. everyone. But at the same time, the majority of our community is still in the online space. Yes. So yeah. it's it's about this this interim period of figuring out, okay, how do we do both and how do we right. do both well? Right. You know, because what we don't want to do is pour all the energy into the in-person experience right. and leave the majority of people who are still online oh, no. or something that's less. So yeah. figuring that right. out. Um, and then also recognizing that this is not, you know, we're, we're not back to 100. We're not back to full speed. We're inching into this and, and we're doing that very deliberately. Like we're trying to be uh, very cautious and very slow. And we're trying to make sure that we learn as we go and we get mm -hmm. feedback and mm -hmm. we take appropriate precautions and mm -hmm. all those things. So it's an interesting time. Yeah. But I think what we've said as a team all along, and I think you've actually made this point quite strongly to our team is yeah. that this is our new normal for probably, I mean, maybe less, but let's say the next year. Yes, exactly. So why not ease into this now in July mm -hmm. when we already know attendance is low normally because people are away for the summer. Let's get our feet under us now yeah. where we're already going to have a fraction of a fraction of our community here in person yeah. so that we can work out the systems, know that things are safe, right. so that slowly as people coming back, we're not caught off guard right. by that. And we, we as a team need to develop our flexibility. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the things I find really interesting too, is that we're like, we're multi-timeline in our planning right. now. Like we're always uh, <laughs> like working on two weeks right. at the same time. And that is a really interesting new discipline to yeah. be writing and recording a message mm -hmm. and then delivering it now, yeah. you know, a week late, you know, it, it's a very interesting, we used so, to write, write our message the week before. Yeah doing it and it would now, be I done mean, it's interesting because as a community we are quite planned compared to a lot of churches yeah we have our entire year planned 12 months in advance but it's like we just highlight like accentuated that by, yeah exactly by like so what's what what i was talking about yeah. is um so we plan the year but we write the sermons the week yes. of and then and then we coordinate on them together yeah. we put them together what we've been doing is we've been doing the sermons a week ahead yeah to plan ahead and here's the complexity of and worship live, elements too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So here's the complexity of going live again is we want to have uh, elements of the live stream that are live, actually live, like the worship team that you're seeing and worship elements. And when we're able to do it again, Eucharist, where you share online in the same moment that we're right. sharing at the table together. But if you're used to being live in the room with us, you also know that after worship and after announcements, then there's a coffee break there's kids that go downstairs. Like there's this big gap mm -hmm. of nothing happening on the stage and just people interacting and stuff. And so what we're toying with is the idea of the live stream will be live from the call to worship through to the worship, the worship element, maybe the announcements. And then the live stream will kick over to a pre-recorded sermon. It'll be the same sermon. Yeah but it'll be a couple of things. One is it'll be able to start without a six minute break before the coffee break. So right. if you're sitting at home, you don't have to just sit there and wait right, for the right. stream to come up. Right. But also part of what we found in feedback from people is the experience, what we learned quickly was the experience of us talking to the camera rather than the camera being in the room and us on the stage. Mm -hmm. The feedback has been, that's a better experience online. Right. 
And I've so, argued that I actually enjoy it as the person delivering right. the sermon too, knowing, oh, I'm speaking to this audience yeah. or I'm speaking to the audience in their right. home. It's I'm not changing so much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know where the change is exactly. It's just maybe in my countenance. It's not my voice <laughs> yeah. so much. Well, you, I mean, you express differently because you, yes, you don't have your yeah. whole body to yeah. sort of emote with. Yeah, so, so you maybe use your that's face it. a bit it's, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're thinking about is, so everyone knows at Commons, we do our sermon. We have five services. But if you're speaking here at the Kensington Parish, you're used to speaking four times already oh, on Sunday. I remember that. Yeah, exactly. That right. was fun. It that will be fun, fun again. <laughs> so the idea would be we would just add a fifth service. So now you'd record the sermon for the live stream in a more mm-hmm. intimate talking to the camera type yeah. format. And then you would do your sermon four times live on the Sunday. So, yeah. But that's not necessarily set in stone. We're just kind of thinking about right. what's the best way to create. And this is the, the flexibility piece. Exactly. Is like we're going we're gonna to try it, but we're getting like every day, we're getting better and better at yeah. being flexible and like moving with what we're learning. Mm-hmm. And getting feedback. I mean, this <laughs> is the other exactly big it. thing is every time we get a message saying, hey, this worked or we didn't like yeah. this or... <laughs> You know, I mean, constructive feedback, not hopefully just, ah, well, yeah, you know. totally. but I mean, most people have been very gracious, but have also given good feedback as we've, we've tweaked as we've gone. Yeah. And people have probably seen every series we've changed. We've made pretty dramatic shifts every series in the way we film things. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> but the idea being, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's gather up those learnings and let's put them into practice. So now we're into a whole new season where for the next probably eight or nine weeks, we, we have a lot of things to learn and yeah. to figure out and to put into place right so, which is fun i mean i think that's part of the i think that's part of what keeps this job endlessly fascinating is communities are always shifting yes um ways of interacting are always shifting right not normally like they yes, are for the last four right months yeah. yeah exactly you know yeah but this is why you need to build a pizza oven in your backyard <laughs> i will not quit <laughs> this is true. yeah but wait, wait you know once i start dropping stuff on my toes in the pizza oven it's gonna be that's gonna be tough so oh, let me see i'm gonna switch to live chat here okay there we go uh, i had a unable connect to chat please try again so i couldn't see if people were adding their chats oh, okay, okay. but i, I just didn't, didn't want to miss anything so anyway so my all of that said i mean if you have comments if you have feedback then by all means pass them along if you would yeah i mean what's working what's not because yeah. we are very much um, I think like a lot of people in the world, but we're very much wanting to learn and we're very yes. much willing to adapt and yeah. willing to try some new things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, both the good and the and the constructive criticism part yeah. too, I think is really helpful. So, like, but yeah. all that said, I mean, we kind of got sidetracked there onto how we were going to do live That's stream. what we do in this. It's we true. get sidetracked. This, we call it, it's changed the name from after party to the sidetrack. Side <laughs> hey guys, we were going to talk about something, but instead we're going to talk about this. Um. But Sunday was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. you know, we debriefed as a team this morning mm-hmm. and it wasn't this big rah, rah, Hey, everybody's in the room. Let's celebrate moment. But it was good. Like it, it yeah. was, you know, it was Again, my, my, holy in a kind yeah, of way. Like it yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. It had this lovely warmth to mm-hmm. it. And it was, yeah. It, and, you know, maybe we, people weren't like crossing the room to hug each other. Right. Obviously, thank you. I say, by the way, everyone was very respectful of those types of boundaries, which I thought was great. Really, really. Uh, But there was still like a a charge in the spaces between a bit. It felt like, I think holy is a really lovely word that there's something really special about Mm -hmm. very different people coming together around this common. It was an interesting mix. Like it it was not. Yeah, the surprise of who showed up. I intentionally chose not to look at the registrations because right. I wanted to just enjoy like the moments of like, Oh, you're here. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't all families. It wasn't no. all singles or no. seniors. It was this like a really neat cross section yeah. of the community. Yeah. Heads up so. singles. It was, there were singles in the room. So, you know, <laughs> come to church. <laughs> by the way, and also take your time. If you're not ready to come to church, okay, okay. then by all means, yeah. you know, say, you can we, clean up my comments for we, me. <laughs> oh, what she means is <laughs> make sure means, you're comfortable. Come to church. Don't be awkward to come to church. We would right, love to right, see right, you. Right, but if right. you're not comfortable yet, we totally understand. Yeah, <laughs> and we are putting effort into the live stream for that. Totally. Yeah. We just want everyone to feel comfortable and safe yeah. with whatever choices they're making. Exactly, exactly. So. <laughs> But it was good, and it was fun. It was um, it was interesting to be up there live. Now you're speaking on Sunday. I am. I'm excited. So you you get to do week two, sort of live in person. Yeah. Um, and I get to start a new series. 
That's true. So that's, serious. Speaking yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Speaking Sunday. Yeah, we should talk about that at the end. We'll sure, come sure, back. sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a different feel, mm -hmm. but it was good. Like I, I got back in the rhythm. Yeah. Of you know doing a sermon in front of yeah. live people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, how many were half the people wearing a mask when you looked out? Mm, probably I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean there were a good probably, number of people. I would wearing say more than half of people did wear it for the singing. at some point. Yeah. So so if you were here yeah, or if you've mention. read the stuff, um, we we're not mandating masks at this point. Um, if Alberta changes their guidance, then yeah. we're happy to, to adjust with that, but we're not at this point, but we are saying, if you would like to sing with the band, you have to wear a mask. Yeah. Now, if you want to, if you just want to be silent, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to participate in worship in other ways, um, then we're not mandating it. But if you would like to sing along, then you do have to wear a mask. And I would say during the music, more than half of people had masks on and then, you know, coffee break and yeah. we'll take them off. And yeah, so, so. yeah. Uh, what was, what was I going to say? Do I have something else to say there? Um, maybe, but I'm going to pass it by. Okay. One more thing before yeah. we start talking about the message, uh, new music, new music, just that, in general, just like what you've been into. So have you stayed with that Sufian song? You oh. came in one day and you were like, Bobby, this song, so and you started ever, reading uh, the lyrics to me. And I wanted to know, you know, a week quite, later. I mean, I like Sufian. I'm not yeah. like some people are big Sufian. Yeah. Fans. Have you seen him live? I haven't. I have. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not like Pearl Jam or something. Okay. Like not important to uh, me. Okay. You know, like, oh, like as a human being. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate his stuff and I really like him. Yeah. But he has a new album coming out Yeah. and he released the first single and it's called America. And it's, it's, quite a it's very beautiful the album what's the album called ascension where is that ascension, one yeah yes the album's called ascension it comes out in september okay it's only the first singles out right. it's called america it's 12 minutes long maybe i didn't get through it actually <laughs> <laughs> 12 minutes long it's very beautiful but it is it is a it's a lament and it's, it's lament. about the intersection of loss of faith in religion and uh politics mm -hmm. And how those interact with each other. And, you know, I mean, somebody asked me on Twitter because I commented about it. And somebody said, you know, do you think this is about his, is he giving up on his faith in God or his faith in America? Mm. Uh, they or, asked you that. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, you know, Stupian's not going to answer. I, <laughs> they, they, they phrased it differently. They said, this, is this about a loss in faith or about a loss in, in America? And my answer was yes. I don't think it means he's giving up on God. I don't think, I think there are people that have read it that way. And I don't oh. think that's at all what it means. Okay. Um, I think it's a lament. And I think in lament, you mm -hmm. name the fact that faith isn't working for you and, right. and you don't feel like God is there. Right. But the way that it moves back and forth between religious language and political language, I found just incredibly, um, I, just, I just found it quite, uh, quite profound in this moment. We all know right now, particularly in America, um, which is the name of the song, that politics and religion are very enmeshed. They always have been, but right now particularly. Mm -hmm. But I just found the way that he moves so fluidly back and forth from very religious language mm -hmm. to very political language, I found quite moving. Um, and I'm not quite sure what I think about the whole song. Yet, yeah. So I didn't I didn't listen to it closely yet, mm -hmm. but I have been really into a new single by James Blake because oh, I love like James, James Blake. Blake. Yeah. I had a dream about James Blake. Ago, where we were like driving through the Bay Area, uh, and, like some old lady's SUV. Out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was delightful. But uh, it's called "You're Too Precious," and I just love James Blake. He like makes me feel calm. <laughs> right. I, so I heard a good to cover lately. today of uh, Leanne La Havas. Oh, I love Leanne. I've seen her live as well. Really? Yes. Uh, but she does a cover of "Weird Fishes" by Radiohead. That's really fantastic wow. so i was listening to that today yeah she's a new um, album coming out or out it's coming out yeah it's so there's coming a out. few singles out okay also yeah uh shikas rivera i don't, don't know how to say that and becky g no i don't know who they are they're <laughs> spanish language rapper singers okay but they do a cover of jolene oh yes and it's awesome i love that so song. it's in span oh jolene is like <laughs> like Joining his top five songs of all time. It's incredible. And so many covers and every cover is so good. The White Stripes cover is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go Tegan on a deep dive. Tegan and Sarah dive. do a do good cover. 
But she I mean, crossed just Rivera that... and Becky G. Okay. So good. And the, the video is so good. Oh, man. I awesome. That's what I'm going to do yeah. later. So I was okay. into that. And then also, uh, what else? Oh, and then I was listening to A Tribe Called Red yesterday. Nice, nice. Uh, which is not new, but I was enjoying that. And you know what? The new John Legend. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't listened yet, but I've been meaning I like it. It's, it's, you know, Kevin... If you're Kevin, like, Kevin was like, Kevin. it's very noisy. Like there's a lot going on. He's like, it's very busy. And then I listened to it. The first thing go wild. It's, um, it's Gary Clark Jr. Playing oh, on it. Okay. Who is also a big favorite of mine. He's oh. one of my favorite guitar players right now. Oh. So it's, I think what Kevin was saying is it's not very John Legend because there's like a lot of rock and blues guitar in the Ooh, background. But that's it's not just pop. No, like, but it's Gary Clark Jr. Who's, who's awesome. So I once I realized that I was like this is I was quite into that so that's cool. that's what I got for music. Anyone okay. else uh, on uh, on the Facebooks? No, we're on what? the YouTubes. Where are we here? <laughs> you got any music for us? I'm yeah, what's here. everybody listening to? All yeah. all eight of you. <laughs> there we go. That's what uh, I was. And Anderson Pack, the new single, not an album, but just yeah, a, I like Anderson so. Pack. Devin got me into Anderson Pack. Who did? Devin. Devin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who oh. did? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. So we wrapped up a series on Sunday, we inspired did. confession. I only heard maybe 10 minutes and I didn't read your sermon. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm still, I'm still willing to talk about it a bit. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, revelation. I mean, I get that people have been into it mm -hmm. i have never had an opportunity to teach it yeah. so i haven't had much opportunity to study it right. um you know i don't remember maybe i took a class in my undergrad um <laughs> i don't remember that's what i think of you John. <laughs> <laughs> that was empty by the way i was gonna see if there's i'm like are you gonna clean that up i was like i've already got it now i can throw it down <laughs> i like the drama more drama <laughs> in the after party um but i think you know i'm kind of i was trying to think about it this afternoon like why have i you know it's sort of like revelation comes up and i'm just like oh yeah like i honestly have a bit of a visceral mm -hmm. reaction like um i even like even though i get where where you come from with it and mm -hmm. where you, the the process of reading it myself is honestly hasn't been super rewarding mm -hmm. um and sometimes it's like my feminism that comes up for me, which is like, where oh, am I? There's some really good feminist readings. Of right. Revelation. That's what I'm missing from my <laughs> life because on the page, I just am like, yeah, I know. There, there is some misogynistic imagery. Yeah. In but Revelation. even just like the gathering of like the men and the women being, uh, it's, it's interesting. Well, the, the more, my, yeah. from a feminist reading, the more problematic part of Revelation yeah. is there is specifically the two. Imagery. Uh, very misogynistic images. Yeah. There's uh, the Jezebel, right? Um, like... That's used in the opening section, and there's the whore of Babylon, who's used in the third section. So... And you know, these are these are very these are like highly problematic tropes. They, they are, they are, and they're they're you know what's really good about Revelation, interestingly, as an area of academic study is I would argue it's it's one area where. Um, so I did my thesis in Revelation. So that, right. that's what I've studied. But you can't do Revelation without reading women. Um, like it's, it's one yeah. of very few things. Like you can, you can get by doing your thesis on a lot of things huh. or your dissertation and just reading men. That should be um, the case for, for some, everything. It should be. <laughs> but for whatever reason in Revelation, like the scholars that's you good. kind of need yeah. to read, a, a number of them are women. Yeah. Um, and every single one of them will talk about you know, some of these problematic imagery and right. how we should um, use them and how we should think about them and, yeah. and how we should push back against right. them. So, I mean, it is a very interesting, and maybe that's why there is so much right. women in scholarship of revelation yeah. is specifically because of yeah. those I'm, images. I mean, that's a, it's an interesting thing to like, to imagine these women uh, like encountering this stuff and being like, there's gotta be something more to this. And right. then like academically pursuing those hunches yeah. and then leading the way yeah. in the conversation yeah. and so, it there's a number important. of women, but you know, in particular, if you're into revelation is Yadella Arborough or Adela Yarborough Collins mm -hmm. um, and Elizabeth Schuthler Fiorenda. Right. Like you, you can't write 
anything meaningful about Revelation without having interacted with those two. Hmm. There's Geraldine Mazinger Ford, who I'm not particularly fond of, yeah. you know, her take on Revelation. Right. But I mean, another woman who's involved there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's I just, one of these areas. I just haven't, I haven't had the opportunity yeah. to, to dive into it. And the other thing it. is, Revelation is not the kind of book you can just pick up and read. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I wish it was, but it is the type of book that you have to do a lot of work to understand yeah. because it's so packed with conventional images. Yes. That was that your first not, point. Right? Exactly. That, that are not point. mysteries. Right. You know, this is the problem. Right. They have direct correlation to something in that Absolutely. Moment. Yeah. In their context, these were not mysteries at all. Everyone knew what they meant. Everyone did for the first three centuries of Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's only after the fact that we were like, oh, it means this and it means that. Mm -hmm. It means Russia or America. You know, I mean, right. No, everyone knew exactly what these images meant in the first world, but you have to you have to do the work of understanding them, or you just end up with these crazy images. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's part of it. And unfortunately, I think that does distance some people from it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I would say if you're not interested in doing that kind of research, then don't read it. Like, it yeah, doesn't matter. Like, that's exactly what Ashley said. She's yeah. like, I'm honestly, in confession, I've never read it. Yeah, because yeah. there's so much stuff in the Bible and right. it's not essential. Like, I mean, you know, this whole series was about how do we read through the lens of Jesus? Yeah. And I think that's important. If you're going to read Revelation, you have to do it through the lens of Jesus. But you don't need Revelation to have an understanding mm -hmm. of the word of God mm -hmm. and everything God wanted to say to us through the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, when people come to me and they're like, I don't know what to do with Leviticus. I'm like, then stop reading Leviticus. <laughs> You're like, I give like, you permission. Yeah, like go back to it walk later away. someday. Right. But, but walk away from it. Go back to the Gospels. Mm -hmm. If that's what's edifying you and that's what's building up your faith, then, then stay mm -hmm. there. Like not everybody needs to be a biblical scholar and you certainly right. don't need to be a biblical scholar in every book. Yeah. I'm not a biblical scholar in every book. I'm a biblical star in one right. book that I've done my thing in. Right. I'm a pastor and I talk about all these other books, right. but I'm not an expert in anything other than one book. Right. In this thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the way it works. So yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's not your thing. Yeah. Like leave it. Who cares? Right. 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 That said, I think if you, you can, I think there is some beautiful stuff. In yeah. There. And that's what the sermon was about was, Hey, yeah. if we if we can take the time, um, we can find beautiful things. And I would say even more than that, that sermon was about um, if you want to read it properly, you know, you have to, you have to read it through the lens of Jesus, the right. Jesus of the Gospels, right? You know, because this is one of my big pet peeves: is yeah, Jesus was friendly and graceful in the Gospels, but look at Revelation because when war, he comes yeah. back, right, 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 he's going to be totally different, right? And I'm like. Why would you why would you hope for a Jesus in the future who's nothing like the Jesus that you know right now? <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. Like that doesn't even make any sense to me. <laughs> okay. Like what, you know? <laughs> do I hope for my wife who's right. you know in 10 right. years who's nothing like like I want her to grow as a human being. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. Like the the Rachel I fell in love with. Like the, the integrity of, of a of a yeah of a character. Yeah, um, like you know, to think that Jesus, yes, was meek and graceful and all mm. that, but one day he's not going to be anything like that. I'm like, well, <laughs> then you don't really like Jesus. <laughs> you like your, your imagination of right. what Jesus might be someday right. when he's not the Jesus of the Gospels. Right. You know, which I think, I think, I think is a big problem. So you think we can, these things, they go together. Absolutely. And do they even like, does the revelation Jesus, uh, help you better see gospel Jesus? I mean, that's a good question. I realize I'm, I'm talking about them like they are too. Well, but. okay. But, but this is fair. So uh, this is a good question. Um, Thank you. But, <laughs> but it's a good way of talking about it because what we have to understand is the gospel Jesus is the Jesus of, of history. Mm -hmm. Now that Jesus is filtered through the four gospel writers. Yeah. Yeah. Gospels are not objective biographies. No, they have an agenda to them, but they're trying to present the Jesus of history through a particular lens. The Jesus of revelation mm -hmm. is the Jesus that this writer, John sees in these visions. Right. Um, but that is still a Jesus that's revealed through the spirit. Um, but that, that's still going to be filtered through John's understanding of a vision, his experience of a vision, right. his... And again, the politics of this moment exactly. is an incredibly like located text. Yeah. As they Whereas are. the Gospels, so I would say, the same way I would say, the Gospels are the center of our faith. That's the Jesus we see. 
and then we read Paul through the lens of what we see in the gospel. Revelation is about Jesus the same way Paul is about Jesus. Oh, that's an interesting right? like way to think about it. Like it's written by a person mm -hmm. who's trying to make sense of the Jesus story. Mm -hmm. But the gospel writers are also doing something of that. Absolutely. And this is where it's tricky. Yeah. But they're still dealing with sort of a factual thing with things that Jesus said and places that Jesus walked. Okay. Now they construct the story in particular yeah, ways. Yeah, they borrow from... Yeah, exactly. Tag. They borrow from each other. Yeah. They borrow from other sources and they piece it together. But I mean, you are still dealing with an audience who has some recollection of Jesus and you're presenting that story in a particular way, but people still have to say, oh yeah, that I remember that. That's the Jesus that I know. Mm -hmm. The Jesus of Revelation is the Jesus of a vision, like the, the, the resurrected <laughs> Christ, right? you know? Um, and so it is very much filtered through, we call it the Johannine school, mm -hmm. but a, you know, Revelation, I'm gonna argue is not written by the same person as the gospel of John. It's not the yeah. same John as that, um, but it is part of what we call the Johannine school, which is, you know, an early um, sort of tribe within Christianity that was thinking along similar lines. And you can see themes from the Gospel of John that are unique to the Gospel of John that show up in Revelation, that show up in the epistles of John, right. that are different than the other Gospels, or have a different lens than the other Gospels, mm -hmm. and are different than the lens that Paul uses hmm. and stuff. So, so all, of, all that said, I mean, I think it's very fair to talk about you know, the Jesus of the Gospels and the Jesus of Revelation. Yeah, inter interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to put them like that. Um, the word is an appendix, but like... Uh, like they're interesting. They're not footnotes. You know, I'm trying to think of like, yeah. what's a literary, uh, yeah, you know, know, the, they're I mean, the commentary yeah. on the thing or. Yeah. Uh, I always think of it like this is you've form. got the gospels, which is God's word to us. That's Jesus in the flesh. Um, well, Jesus is God's word. The gospels are the capturing of that story. Um, Revelation, a lot like Paul are, now people inspired by the spirit trying to make sense mm -hmm. of Paul's trying to make sense of today in mm -hmm. the light of Jesus. The writer of revelation is trying to make sense of the future in the light of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but the word of God was the physical historical Jesus who walked through Palestine. Right. Right. right? Not the texts or not the written parts right. of it. Right. You know, and so it's we're really always a step removed from that. Years and years and years and years ago, because I'm so old. <laughs> I found out today I'm older than, someone's stepdad <laughs> and I was like wow okay um years ago I had this experience where I was driving in my car I may have been like in the prairies and I was listening to tapestry on CBC okay. and there was a priest and I always wanted to kind of figure out what show that was because it it left such an such an imprint mm. on me there was a priest talking and he posed the question do you know what tapestry is yeah. by, with Mary Hines um he said, like, he just kind of encouraged people to imagine that the canon continued. Right. So this, and just as a spiritual exercise, mm -hmm. like, so I'm deeply committed to the canon. Yeah. I've, like, dedicated my life to, mm -hmm. you know, working with the text, studying the text. I spent a ton of money on that, <laughs> a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. However, as a spiritual, like, experience, there is a canon mm -hmm. that has been really meaningful to sure. me. If I were to imagine, this is sacrilegious, you know, ripping off the back cover of the text yeah, yeah. of a Bible and being like, who do I it? add? Who do I add that's mm -hmm. like, who who continues to speak to me? Mm -hmm. that, that Jesus arrives in my life through the words of yeah. others. And that's been a really like, when I think about people who've kind of like rescued my imagination mm -hmm. at times, you know, someone like Kathleen Norris is in my canon. Mm -hmm. Like I go back to her again and again. Sure. She's really, really important to me, her sort of poetry and lens and liturgy. Um, so it's interesting to, I just was kind of thinking about that story again, like, and even kind of encouraging people pastorally to be like, who, like, okay, like you have the scriptures in one hand, mm -hmm. but who, who are voices that really enliven your imagination about the divine and like sort of hold out a hand to you that you think, yes, this is the faith for me. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus maybe doesn't come through those texts in like a white 
beard and mm. what what are the images in revelation i don't even know them right now some sort of flame sword out of his mouth you know maybe that's not what's arriving yeah. for you but like in with kathleen norris mm -hmm. the imagination of um just how the divine meets us mm. in like really particular the like the quotidian mm -hmm. you know um that's been sacred text to mm. me um now is this specifically a commentary on the passage in revelation that talks about nobody adding or taking away <laughs> all right that's in there <laughs> i knew that this was sacrilegious <laughs> no, but no, i don't it's care. not at all and i mean i think, I think it's beautiful and i, I think it's, it's a fun imagination like yeah. i i it's been really meaningful to me to be really like mm. conscious of these places of encounter mm. where i encounter christ in the words of others. And maybe so, I'm putting a small C on all of this, you know, like yeah, a yeah. small canon. But um, this is, I think this is part of what the Jewish tradition um, can teach us and speak to us because the in the Jewish tradition, you have Talmud and you mm -hmm. have right. uh, Midrash and you have the Mishnah and you have the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, rabbis and Jewish people are not confused about what the scripture is. Scripture is Tanakh. Scripture is the word of God. Um, but they value Talmud, mm -hmm. you know, not equally, but certainly in partnership with, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, I think this is part of what we miss out on sometimes, particularly in Protestantism, um, because we have devalued things like the tradition of the church. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, where in the Catholic tradition, um, they have the same thing. We have the scriptures, but we also have the Apocrypha. And mm -hmm. then we have the tradition of the church. And we have all these these different ways that God speaks to us. Yeah. And the words of the Pope. Exactly. So in Protestantism, we've, we've narrowed it down. And there was a good corrective in that to say, hey, what's our grounding narrative? The centrality of our faith is the, is the scriptures that we all come to together. But that doesn't mean that there's scripture and then there's like groveling everything below it. Mm -hmm. Like things can be right up against scripture for it's, you. Like that's just my very lived experience. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, so, and truth is, yeah, it's all of our lived experience. Yeah, so we just don't always name it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we just don't always name yeah. those things. Right. I mean, I just would be, my life would be lacking without like, Dorothy soul yeah. who like I was joking one day with Scott I was like she saved my soul yeah. like she like reached out her hand and but the most yeah. hardcore King James only yeah. like Protestant believers yeah. still have sermons that they go back to and pastors that have yes. influenced them and it's no different I mean right you know that that you heard a sermon that introduced you to Christ and got saved like how is that different than a book or the scriptures? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, these are the ways that the spirit speaks to us. Yeah. The canon is the rule that guides us back and keeps us in the same story mm -hmm. together. Right, right, right. But it by no means is the limit on the way in which the spirit can speak to us. Yeah. And I think that's the important distinction is if we get into our heads that the Bible is the only way God speaks, mm -hmm. we're missing out on the I mean, who would you be spirit. without Gerard? <laughs> Uh, I don't Who know would if I it be? would. I mean, certainly Gerard has informed my a lot of my academic work. Um, you don't think he's like done something? Oh, definitely. For your In terms heart? of the ways that I make sense of things. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, would I have? You know, would I not have held on to my faith? I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's funny because um, at critical moments in my story, um, like I would, I would recognize uh, Brian McLaren. Yeah. Um, who is not someone I pay a lot of attention to anymore. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've met Brian a couple of times and uh, always appreciated him. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, you just, you move on at different yeah. But at critical points in my faith where I wasn't quite sure how oh. I was going to hold on to things. Which books were they? Uh, those? The New Kind of Christian series, yeah. the first three. It was, I think it was his there first three, three books. Um, but those were profoundly influential in sort of shifting my thinking putting me onto the other path, which led to Gerard and led to yeah, other thinkers. Right. Um, but actually the sort of pivotal moment, like in terms of the fork in the road was, was the writing of McLaren. And it's interesting because again, um, it's not that I, uh, I don't, I don't want to say I like I've outgrown him in the sense of um, like I'm past him or anything. I just mean like his was a really important voice yeah. at one moment yeah. and it sent me down another path and I will always be grateful for that. 
Like, and like, if, and I haven't really gone back to his writings in the still, last 10 it's years. It still like has this place. Like we were saying to people, you know, if Leviticus is something, right. let's move on. It's like, you know, you, you have, we have these canons that are kind of yeah. arranged in our lives yeah. that like, yeah, you moved on. You, you, mm. you, it kind of outgrew it's whatever resonance with yeah. you. Um, but I'll never but it, not exactly. value that moment. Yeah. Right? And it's in your sacred text mm -hmm. somehow that. And that's the difference you. between, um, but that pivotal moment pointed me back to the Bible, you know, pointed me back into my studies, yeah. pointed me back to the canon as the guiding centrality of my faith. But it was a profoundly significant way that the Spirit spoke to me mm -hmm. and brought me back to that central tradition of Christianity. Yeah. Now, I think I think that's that that is exactly it. That mm -hmm. like th these voices, Kathleen Norris, Dorothy Soul, they they say like, you're not crazy. Yeah. Like yes, yes, you yes, have yes. a, you have a hunch. That's something Yeah, you need something. Here's, here's some words. Yeah. Like you can keep going in this tradition. Right. And I'm like, okay, I've got some companions here. Like I, I don't have to leave. All. I love, mm -hmm. I love the faith. I love the faith, yeah. but there are these moments that it, like an experience or a mm -hmm. question kind of breaks my heart. And, and I think and I'm talked out. About but... this before is the idea that, you know, one of the beautiful things about Christianity is you don't have to say everything for yourself. When you don't know how to say something, when you're not sure how to mm -hmm. articulate something, you have this huge cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. You have the Psalms, you have the mm -hmm. scriptures, you have all of these prayers mm -hmm. that have been written in church history that you get to draw on right. when you're like, I'm not sure how to say what I need to say right now. Mm -hmm. Let me go to the words of someone right. else. And I mean, how profound is it that, you know, Jesus on the cross does the same thing. When Jesus is like, I don't know how to express what's going on inside of me. He goes to Psalm 20 and quotes that. Like, mm -hmm. like there are moments when God, the best that God can do is quote a human poet hmm. is quite a strange <laughs> sentence to say. It's really lovely, actually. It is, isn't I it? I love it. Just turns it, just turns it on its head. I love that stuff. You know? Yeah. So, and, and I mean, you know, and at that point, you know, Jesus is quoting Psalms. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not even like scripture in terms of canon the mm -hmm. way that we have it now. At that point, it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Interesting. No, canon. Yeah. Revelation is not part of the Ethiopian canon. The Coptic. Yeah. Ethiopian. Uh, no, the oh. Coptic is slightly different. Because that's orthodox. Yeah. More, more there are two sets. There's two canons over there. But there are canons. So this is the other thing. There is no such thing as a canon. There are canons. Oh, okay. Yeah. We have one yeah, canon. Yeah, that makes sense to me, of We course. use the Protestant canon. Yeah. Um, I grew up with the Catholic yeah. canon. Now, the Catholic There's... canon is the same as ours, but with the Apocrypha. Exactly. Uh, but their canon technically is the same as the Protestants. But there are other. There's a Syriac canon. There's a Coptic canon. There's an Ethiopian canon. Um, and they're all slightly different. And uh, the Ethiopians, uh, they were like, I don't know about it, Revelation. They, they tossed that one. Good for them. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I like people who are like, no, never yeah, even when we talk about canons, though, I mean, this is this is the complexity of, of the story is um, we when we think canon, we right. think that's a good point settled and decided and no more up for discussion. I mean, maybe that's where my yeah, my kind of love of like difference and right. Yeah, I just I yeah, I uh, don't tell me I have to leave one thing right. behind. Like I this is a I, I sometimes feel like I'm both mm -hmm. I'm Catholic and Protestant. Yeah. I like that's my ambidextrous superpower <laughs> um don't tell the catholics out there. No, they, of course they wouldn't <laughs> no, of course they wouldn't um oh, sorry but but it's so it's so deeply formed my imagination right. like totally. there's just no way around that and i'm i'm glad for it hmm. uh ashley always throwing us some love <laughs> what would we do <laughs> without <Bye>. you <laughs> um okay do we want to yeah. what time is it it's 8 49 you want to talk about anything from revelation in specific i mean <laughs> I mean, you know, I did. Let's just touch on the main image I used was the rider and the white horse. Okay. Revelation is a incredibly complicated book with a lot of imagery. Yeah, I love imagery too, but again, I, mm -hmm. I just haven't done the work. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot to get through, and I chose one, um, particularly to illustrate this series because this was not a series about Revelation. This was a yes. series about reading with a Jesus lens. Right. Lots of images. Um, the beast from the sea, the beast from the land, I mean, whatever you want to do with those. I think the really important thing for this series was to say, what is your imagination of Jesus in Revelation? Okay. You know, I mean, whatever you want to do with these beasts and stuff. 
if your picture of Jesus doesn't look like the Jesus we know from the Gospels, I think that's that's an important point. And I would argue, you know, Revelation is again just the same way Jesus reinterprets Isaiah 61 in Luke 4. Today is the day of the Lord's favor. Mm -hmm. I fold up the scroll, I sit down. Today mm -hmm. it's fulfilled in your hearing. He leaves off the day of the Lord's vengeance. And then everyone says, yeah, but what about Revelation? That's the day of the Lord's vengeance. And in Revelation 19, you get an image of the day of the Lord's vengeance, except where Isaiah 63 says, you know, God comes splattered in the blood of his enemies. Now in Revelation, we see Jesus covered in blood, but the writer of Revelation is saying, we thought it was, we thought when we saw God covered in blood, this it was going to be. kind of my point about <laughs> expanded revelation, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. You know, the, the writer of Revelation comes along and says, oh, look, yeah. we thought when we saw God on right. the day of God's vengeance, it was going to be God striking down God's enemies. Right. Now, when we see God on the day of God's vengeance, it is God's vengeance against evil. Mm -hmm. And the way that God has a victory over evil is God's self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's God's own blood. God doesn't shed anyone's mm -hmm. blood. That's God's vengeance. Right. God's vengeance is, I will let myself be sacrificed mm -hmm. to overcome evil mm -hmm. so that my creation can go free and be saved. Right. You know, I mean, what a beautiful way to reframe vengeance mm -hmm. is you've done something terrible my vengeance against that is to free you from that terrible thing, mm -hmm. not to take it out on you, right. not to extract your blood, yeah. but to sacrifice myself so that you get to be freed from that thing. And I think that's what's you know, profoundly beautiful when we take the time to understand Revelation is, I would say Revelation fully understands the image of Jesus in the gospels. Okay. And knows that people are not, they, they don't quite get it. Mm -hmm. And so Revelation keeps setting up these images just so that at the last moment it can pull the rug from out under mm -hmm. you and say, nope, nope, you got to yeah. go back and look at Jesus again. <laughs> like you think this is coming. Right. You think it's going to be war. You think God is going to be like you. Mm -hmm. And at the last moment, like every single time in Revelation, like the rug gets pulled out yeah. and you end up back at the Jesus of the cross, which I think is really beautiful. It is. So, so how do I want to form this question? Like what about us mm -hmm. as the church is an ongoing mm -hmm. like apocalypse mm -hmm. like what are we uncovering right. what are what are we mm -hmm. making known like if if like is there something of that impulse that we participate in this like no look like that yeah. kind of look back over your shoulder right. like no 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 like remember mm -hmm. remember jesus um so I think um, in your series, How to Be Angry, yeah. we talked about apocalypse a little more. Yeah. You're going to talk about apocalypse. I am. Summer. I know. I have yeah. no idea what I'll say. But so maybe that's where the question comes from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but apocalypse, yeah, means revealing. It doesn't mean the end. It doesn't no. mean like catastrophe. It means the revealing of something hidden. Mm -hmm. um, and again, even just knowing that. Changes everything. Even just going into Revelation, knowing <laughs> that this is not about the apocalypse and the end of the no. world. This is about the revealing of things that were hidden yeah. from your view, I think changes the way we read things. But um, what's, you know, we've talked about this during COVID, but what's happening during this moment is we're all at home. Mm -hmm. We're all locked away. Um, we're, we're aware of, we're willing to see things in new mm -hmm. ways. It's and an now this Black Ladder moment. Yeah. 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 And now this Black Ladder Matters um, comes saying, and somehow, because of that, all of this injustice is not new. No. It didn't happen now. No. It's been happening for years. It's being uncovered. But because of this moment, it punches through, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really so important. Violent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but okay, but it's, able, it's, it's able to, to like punch through our consciousness in right. new ways. Yeah. So I think this becomes um, a really good corrective. Um, certainly that we understand these things. But... I think a lot of what Revelation is saying, and this is where, you know, we come back to the conversation that I think we had two weeks ago. Revelation is telling us the transformation of the world comes not through the redirection of power and violence. Mm -hmm. So power and violence has oppressed certain people. And what a lot of people think is, well, if we could just get power and violence in the opposite equal direction, mm -hmm. we could right the world. And a lot of what Revelation is telling us is no, the way the world is healed 
the way that vengeance is had on what is evil is through self-sacrifice, mm -hmm. um, through those who are right. willing to, to give themselves to a better story and a bigger story. Okay. Now, uh, Adela Yarbel Collins makes the argument, um, her, her take on Revelation is essentially, yes, it is her. <laughs> As the might have been fewer ends of it, it's, it's Collins. But she makes the argument that uh, Revelation is calling us to nonviolence. And a lot of the violent imagery is meant to be cathartic. It's like watching yes. a violent movie that it gets it out of your system so that you can actually be nonviolent. It's rap music. Exactly. I'll say again. <laughs> I think that. it's more than that. Yeah. I don't think it's just violence to get it out of our system. Yeah. I think it is about, I think it's about showing violence for what it really is. That we see these buildup of violence. And then at every moment, at the last moment, the narrative is flipped around. Like okay. that's my whole reading of Revelation. So okay. it's like, we we want Jesus to fight against the forces of evil. Right. And so Jesus is like, okay. As long as, as, long as Jesus, that Jesus is on my side. Right, exactly. Then I want him exactly. to fight. Exactly. Yeah. So then Jesus is like, okay, you want that? Here I am with my army, with my horse, with my sword. And just when you're like, okay, go get them. He's like, now look, it's my blood. And the sword is actually my testimony. And there is no battle. And everything's over, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what happens over and over again. So you hear this um, in chapter right. four, you hear the lion of the tribe of Judah, which is, which is an image of the military version, the military imagination of the Messiah. Yeah. I heard the lion of the tribe of Judah. I turned and I saw a lamb right. looking as if it had been slain. You know, every time you hear something or you want something or you think something, the, the, it's like the scene shifts to yeah. something else. So again... And this is where for us as the church. Keep dropping that down. Yeah. Keep going. But this is where as the church, I think we have to keep coming back to the yeah. world is not going to be saved by us gaining more power right. and directing it in more holy ways. So for years in the evangelical tradition, it's been, um, you know, what's, what's wrong? Gay marriage is wrong. Abortion's wrong. Whatever these things. So the way that we fix that is we get power and we stop it. We legislate it, mm -hmm. you know? And I think what Revelation tells us is no. Yeah. Like that doesn't do anything. Right. That's more violence against people who are vulnerable. Yeah. You're just taking one violence and you're trading it for another one. Right. So it has to be something more redemptive. It has to be a way of entering into people's story, of understanding them, of offering grace and acceptance mm -hmm. to them, of welcoming, this kind of thing. That the way that you disarm violence is not with violence. The way that you disarm violence is to undermine violence, is to speak against it, which again is I think exactly what, Jesus whole message was about mm -hmm. nonviolent direct action. You don't allow violence to stand. You mm -hmm. name it for what it is. You stand up to it. You pay the price for it if you need to, yeah. uh, but you call it out, but you don't give in to it because once you've given in to it, well, then it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what, I think that's what revelation is saying to us is um, if you overcome violence with violence, then violence has already won. Yeah. Evil's already won. Because evil doesn't care if violence is being used for good or for evil. Like evil, evil just wants violence. Mm -hmm. Evil just wants destruction. When the time comes for destroying that which destroys, the only way, you know, which I think is such a brilliant phrase mm -hmm. because it's an oxymoron, right? Right. How do you destroy that which destroys? If you destroyed the thing that's destroying, aren't you destroying your, you know, like you have right. to destroy yourself because now you're a destroyer. Right. Except the image of the destruction is Jesus saying, okay, I refuse to fight you. Yeah. I refuse to, I refuse to destroy you, which undermines you, which mm -hmm. is the end of all of this. Right. Because violence only works when there's this, this tension, you know, fighting back and forth. Yeah. You know, now there's evil people in the world. They'll misuse violence. They'll mistreat people. Yeah. That's why we have to stand up for it. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But fundamentally. Yeah thinking that we can build a bigger army to stop a smaller army and then we can bring justice to the world, right. I think is foolish. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. same thing for Christianity, right? Though, right? What do you like mean? The, like the way we bring justice is we're not, we're not going to legislate it into, into being, mm. you know? To, yeah. You can't live it. You know, back to a conversation we had before, you can't just hire more police to enforce more rules to bring peace to the world. Right. That's so, the Pax Romana. Yeah. That's peace at the tip of a sword. Right. That's not peace. Yeah. The only way you bring peace is grace and love, care, meeting mm -hmm. people's needs, mm -hmm. ensuring what they have. Right. Are people going to abuse that? Of course they will. Yeah. 
But the only way you can actually create peace is to come at it from that angle. Right. You can create compliance at the point of a sword. Yeah. You can create, you know, fear at gunpoint, but you can't create peace. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you can't have, if I'm holding a gun to you saying, stop doing the terrible thing that you're doing. Right. Have I brought peace to the world? No. Do you feel any peace in right. that moment? Do I feel any peace in that moment knowing I have to keep my weapon trained on you? Right, no. right, right. I brought compliance. Yeah. But that's not the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right? right. So then how do we live our lives? I mean, yeah. we have to make sure people have what they need. We have mm -hmm. to make sure people know that they're loved. We mm -hmm. have to bring grace into difficult spaces and difficult conversations. Yeah. We have to be willing to be abused, not to allow ourselves to be abused, right. but we have to know that sometimes when we extend ourselves, people are going to take advantage okay, of that. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, then when we do, we learn from that. We create boundaries. We step back. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not being naive about it, but I'm mm -hmm. saying if you think you can go through your life, never being mistreated and mm -hmm. always protecting yourself, I, right. it's going to be very hard to follow the way of Jesus. Right. You know, yeah. putting yourself in a situation where you are being abused and you right. know you're being abused and you know someone's not respecting you. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But ensuring your safety all the time, mm -hmm. Christianity is not safe. Right. 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 Yeah. So. Well, we are out of time. Are we? Nine o'clock. Uh, so we start a new series on Sunday. It's called Speaking Sunday. Yeah. And What's it about? Yeah, yeah, I am excited about it. I think I am too. Because to me, it's about like refreshing, refreshing mm. some of this language of faith. So I kick it off talking about salvation, tell some stories, offer some metaphors. <laughs> I think it'll be nice. So the idea is nice to time. take these Christian words. Yeah. Salvation, salvation, sin, apocalypse. What else we got? We have doubt in there, um, and and just kind of give them a spin and sort of see what they still have. Spin, yeah, a common spin. How do? What are some of the ways we think about these things? Yeah, exactly. This is not definitive. No, and I think that's actually the beauty of it is is to especially for the summer. Mm -hmm. It's like to kind of like expand our imagination. Like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Like and we're also going to shorten the series sermons down. That's true. 20 minutes. I'm loving it. <laughs> I listen, I'm terrified. I'm only speaking a couple times this summer, but I'm terrified about uh, writing a 20 minute sermon. It's hard. It was nice. It was nice. I liked it. Every week I start with like 5,500 words and I have to cut down oh, to like 4,000. Yeah. Now you I'm going to have to like, cut down to like 3,000. I worked. I always work really hard on like my structure before I start writing. I don't, yeah. And I do kind of write towards things, but anyways, I think it'll be nice. I think it'll be a nice series kicking it off salvation to begin with. Yeah. Some good stories. So it's, yeah, it's taking some of these Christian words yeah. and talking about them. And they're them located and it, and in a text. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So they all have like, yeah, text to go with them. Mm. Yeah. And, and then we're getting close to finishing the journal for next year. <laughs> or at least the outline That's of it. Stretch. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teaching. So I'm excited about it. Actually, yeah. it, it came together quite well, and I think it's going to yeah. be a fun year coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting time to be printing journals and thinking about that as well. So Yeah, totally. Um, what are you grateful for? Are we missing anything else this week? Um, what are you grateful for? Yeah. You know, um, okay, so I'm quite grateful. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, Monday, yeah. we went to see Em's birth mom. Yeah. So we haven't been able to see her since covid started i got a picture of her i don't oh. know if people can see it here yeah but it's a nice picture it is a really nice picture i mean she's wearing a mask really so. close. yeah here we go can you guys see that oh it's not gonna focus there it is oh did it so yeah there it is so this is uh m's birth mom and we got to visit her and we haven't been able to see her since covid started that's very great so we were able to she's um uh, her and uh, one of her workers and we went to a park and uh, we had all these protocols in terms of masks and sanitization and stuff like that but it was it was really nice and i think um, i know it was meaningful for her and stuff oh, so, so, good. so that was kind of cool so i was i was super grateful for that and you know I, it's a small thing but em is so social and she just loves eye contact and i was a little worried that when sabrina her birth mom met her and was wearing a mask i, was, mm. I was just wasn't sure how M was going to react to that. Yeah. And I was like, I just like, you know, we wanted to yeah. keep precautions, but I was like, the last thing I don't want him to like be, you know, make strange with her or anything like that. But as soon as like she could see Sabrina's eyes, like she started smiling and wow. stuff like that. So that was, that was cool. Cause I was quite grateful for that moment. Cause ah. I was like a little worried about that when we were 
we're going like, yeah, is this going to be a good experience right. or is it going to be like a, a hard one? But it was, it yeah. was, yeah, it was great. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I was kind of, I was happy that's about so that. That's so nice. Yeah. Yourself? Oh, that's great. Uh, I, well, my niece is a joy to me and she's been. That's how I picture. Yeah. She's hilarious. <laughs> She's been doing this thing where she wants to like tell me about the garden plants. So my sister starts a video of her and she starts them all. Hi, Annie Bobby. <laughs> and I just love it. Hi, Auntie Bobby. Today, you know, and then she's got these gestures. Her and Eaton could it's do like a YouTube channel. They could. Like, yeah. They're little Leave performers. Leave a comment down below. Hit subscribe. They are performers. <laughs> but just hearing my name, you know, Auntie Bobby, That's like awesome. on, you know, my four and a half year old nieces in her imagination and in her day, she's like, ah, mom, I want to send a video to Annie Bobby about the sunflower plant. So my sister gets her phone out and it's, it's a joy. That's so it's great. A joy. I cool. love it. So All yeah, right. there we go. There we go. Uh, end of the season. End of season one. Let us know what worked and yeah. what didn't. Yeah. I mean, by all <laughs> means, send us a message. Let us know uh, what you thought was good. Yeah. If, if these conversations have been fun, if mm. you think we should like, tighten them up with a bit more structure or we should just be like free-flowing <laughs> right. like let us know um but i think uh, we enjoyed season one i did yeah no so we'll be back we'll, i think the plan is we might try one in the summer and then we'll bring it back in the fall when Sue's ready <laughs> we did not even talk about that okay maybe i thought about that all right <laughs> fine <laughs> okay thanks guys have a great week <laughs> nice try